I'm Austri Reifer, and you're listening to Good Vibes Sunday, a podcast brought to you by I Am Warhol, the blog. Every other Sunday, I'll be sitting down with provocative thinkers, industry disruptors, and culture changers. My intention for every guest is to talk about breaking barriers, shifting old paradigms, and really just opening up in vulnerable conversations. In between guests, I'll be having candid Sundays, which are where I just come in and I have a candid day where I just talk about life and I do life with you guys. Good Vibes Sunday is a place to fuel up on good vibes every Sunday. I don't pretend to have the answers to all of life's questions and I only hope that my personal experiences and those that I share of others will help you in some way to be able to relate those into your life and hopefully bring you that much closer to the answers that you do seek. So please join me on this journey of getting your dose of good vibes and filling our homes and our hearts with good vibes. Happy Sunday, everyone. So our Good Vibes Sunday guest this week is Whitney Parkinson. She's no stranger to the design world, inheriting a passion for beautiful design from her father and architect, the Midwest-based designer discovered her calling at an early age. Merging her educational background in art and interior design, she's established her company Whitney Parkinson Design in Indianapolis, Indiana. From new build construction to whole home renovations, Whitney says, I'm passionate about creating beautiful and functional spaces, and that's something I love to pass on to clients I work with daily. That shared passion is what makes a collaboration just so great and why I love what I do. If you see a space layered with modern and traditional styles and a symphony of dusty hues, that most likely is our girl Whitney. We would describe her spaces as a fusion between sophistication and timeless design, but also functional and meant to be lived in. In the design Instagram world, Whitney is known for a kitchen she designed that went completely viral. You know, I'll personally say I've never seen cabinets quite like the ones that she used. I mean, she really knocked it out of the park, you guys. But that was just when the Instagram community actually took notice. Whitney has been designing incredible spaces for years and continues to leave all of us in all of her potential. If you're not finding Whitney designing, she's most likely spending time with her husband, Austin, and her little sweet baby girl, Ren. As beautiful as her designs are, she has a soul to match, and today we get to highlight it. I'm so blessed to say that Whitney is a friend, and my intention for all of you is to get to know that inspirational side behind all of her beautiful work, the reality that goes into being a mama and a wife who's running a business, what her advice is to new designers, and as always, this is Good Vibes Sunday, so we dig just a little deeper about the pressures that really come from social media and what kind of impact that has on a designer, and we also get to know just her real side. We get to really know about her marriage and just so much more, you guys, so please help me in welcoming this strong and gentle soul, Whitney Parkinson. Thank you so much, Whitney, for coming on. We're yeah. so honored to have you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for asking. 
Absolutely. All right, Winnie. So I want to start off with an Instagram post that you wrote for your husband's birthday. So, and I quote, happy birthday to my BFF. If we are keeping things real around here, I had a minor meltdown this morning over this homemade birthday cake not being perfect. Semi scolded him for dumping his cereal bowl. And I also made reference to him having one foot in the casket last night. Then he left for the day, and I thought, gosh, I suck. (laughs) That snideness is my love language. But that's the beauty about this man. He constantly gives me grace when I don't deserve it, and he laughs. He's just as calm as a cucumber. As a woman's college basketball coach, he encourages, looks after, and pushes many women every single day to their fullest potential, including myself. It's amazing to watch, really. In 2011, he rode in on a white horse, and he saved my butt in a time of my life that I desperately needed it. And I have endless bucket lists of IOUs to God for that one. I hope you have the best day, bad cake or not, end of quote. (laughs) So, Adam had a question about the cucumber. He says, what is calm as a cucumber? (laughs) That, like, Midwest thing? I don't know. You know, and I... I, it's just one of those like weird sayings you just say because you've heard it. But do you guys not say that? Have you ever heard that? He was no. like, he was like, what is this cucumber there? I said, I don't know. I've never heard that before, but I love it. <laughs> like, what is this calm cucumber? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so let's start. Let's start off talking about just being real. Okay. So in this post, you really opened up to Instagram about your marriage and you really just made yourself vulnerable. I mean, I remember reading that whole message and thinking, gosh, I can definitely relate to that myself. I feel like I snapped it at him even just right before doing this here. I mean, let's be real. We have all been in that situation as wives. I feel like just by you being vulnerable, Whitney, it makes it so much more human. So how important is it to you to stay transparent about that process, you know, to keep it real for your for your Instagram folks, and especially on a platform that's so obsessed with perfection and just people's highlights of their lives? How important is it for you to keep that real? You know, I think uh, Theodore Roosevelt said it best, and that comparison is the thief of, thief of joy. And you know, I think we, at the end of the day, look like we're designers and we design these gorgeous spaces and these luxury homes. And, you know, I think sometimes you may feel like, like, I know I come home some days and I'm like, man, I rock today. But I also realize I'm really, really feeling inadequate in the mom department and really inadequate in the wife department or vice versa. And I just feel like it's simple, you know, as a business owner or just being on social media to say, you know what, life's messy. It's hard. You know, it's really been a goal for me the beginning of this year, especially to, you know, not to come off as anything less than authentic for my business and just as a person. And ironically, like I looked back, you know, at the end of the year, you can see like all your Instagram statistics and like your most post and all that. And my most like posts were ones that I, that I just threw it out there. I was really vulnerable. I was just having a day and I, I was like, what? what is that? You know, like what? And I just, as humans, like we just want to connect and the life connects us. It's not the beautiful homes that 90% of people can't even afford. Like it's just being right. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's really my goal for this year as a business is to just be as authentic in that as possible. Love me or hate me. 
I'm going to story about my kid and business. I I don't care. And I'm not going to apologize for it. So I love that. I feel like that's really where everything's kind of going now is it's more of this realness. I think so too. I really do. I feel like, um, you're right because ever since even myself that I've, you know, kind of used that platform just to be my most authentic self, I feel like I've been able, maybe I haven't gained as many followers. If anything, I feel like I maybe I've lost some, but, but the ones that I have gotten through it and that have actually come on to our good vibe Sunday through that have all just, I mean, I received so many messages and they just say like, how, do you even have the courage to keep it real? Because it really does take a lot to mm-hmm. do that. But I think that when we do, the reward of just connecting with our following in a different aspect, in a different way, is so rewarding. Well, I think I think it's, too, is that uh, your fans become more of, like, your friends. Exactly. No, I mean, they're, they're people that you want to follow you. That's more people exactly. that genuinely really care about you and not just there to like a pretty space they're they're genuine people no, absolutely i like that yeah and it just okay yeah absolutely i mean you design these amazing spaces and like you said i mean keeping those spaces but really intertwining your personality and just saying i'm human and i create these spaces but that's my job and this is who i am and this is my family yeah at the end of the day i mean that is our platform to just be ourselves so that's i love that so you also stated that your husband is a college basketball coach for young women. Mm-hmm. And you said he encourages, uh, looks after, and pushes women every single day. And what role has he played in the success of your business, just in terms of believing in you? And, you know, I kind of want to bring up this example because Amber Interiors, I, I call her Amber Interiors, and that's pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, she even has the last name. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So Amber Lewis. She posted a story, and I this one really stuck with me, talking about vulnerability and just, you know, I love her spaces, but really, I love that she does post her life. I mean, you do see her daughter. You really get an insight into her, her life, and she posted about her husband that she said, he stands not behind me, but he stands beside me, and as a woman who owns a business, to have that rock and that encouragement where you're not competing against your husband, but in fact, he's... He's, he's part of her business, and he pushes her, right, mm-hmm. to be at the forefront of it. Um, yeah. So for you, Whitney, your husband, how has he really played a role in the success of your business? Yeah, he's. I actually I remember her post of that, and that, that rocked me because I was like, gosh, how so important to say that. But no, he's played a huge role, and I can't even emphasize the word huge enough because you know, before I met him, I was so unbelievably unconfident. And I was, I always joke that I was like a fake confident, like, as I, like I faked it to make it in business and kind of in life because I just didn't believe in myself. And when I met him, it was like internally and externally, he saw more in me than I saw in myself. And that he gave me as a woman and as a business owner was exactly what I needed at that exact time to build my business and kind of flourish. And, you know, he just, anyone who starts to believe in themselves and then owns it, I think this fire starts and this flames initiated and um, it becomes kind of untamable. And so he's just, he's so even keeled and I'm not, I'm so fighting. My temper gets the best of me. It's just always a place that I can come back to, you know, on, on a hard day or, 
you know, and just be like, am I in the wrong here? Or am I, and he brings me back down and I just don't, I think it's invaluable as a person, as a mom, as a wife, and as mostly a business owner, because, you know, when you don't have a ton of employees or, you know, it's just, it's hard. You feel like you're just kind of out in this island of your own. And he always brings me back down and, uh, yeah, he's, He's in, he's incredible. I can't say that. It's no irony that my success has been what it what has been since meeting him. There's no, that's not by coincidence at all. So right. home. it's actually, you know, I want to tie this even just back to that first one, because when you, when you talked about how you kind of, you snapped at him and I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it's the same here. <laughs> I'm a little bit more of the feisty one. I'm, a, I'm an angel, Whitney. I'm an angel. No, you're not. No, but do you feel like when you do a snap at him or whatever it is, and I'm sure the opposite is true too, but mm-hmm. I mean, I talked to you about this personally and I remember actually when you posted that post, this was my comment back, which was that we are all here to be with each other to bring out the best versions of ourselves. But that is such an uncomfortable, very slow process. And when it comes to kind of like reacting to our husbands, the fact that you put that on Instagram, put it out there, because so many people don't want to admit that, right? That's just kind of the side that nobody wants to talk about. So to even just admit that and just to tie this whole thing into him being your support system, I mean, that it's really just honorable definitely honorable another side point like I think we live in this age of kind of the feminism I I don't consider myself to be a feminist but this like pro woman and I just feel like it undermines the value of men and that they actually do play a huge role I mean they it's I mean God made Adam and Eve and there's purpose behind that and I just feel like men get really kind of undermine and in, in their support and their role and value for sure it's true it's true we actually posted a post uh where adam was wearing a feminist shirt you know it's so funny because some people were like oh you're being pol-, you know you're talking about politics we actually were not we actually don't we despise talking about politics the reason that we wanted to bring it up and i had him wear it was because i wanted to show that side like you just said i wanted to show the side where our men do support us, but, and it's not some men, not all, but sometimes they do feel like they have to almost compete, you know, if so they get threatened with their, with their women and in success. And, uh, and I just wanted to kind of highlight that, no, he stands behind me. I stand behind him and it's really an equal partnership. Yeah. 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 Team effort. So I love that you said that. So our company motto, Whitney, is home is the root of the soul. Do you believe that the home starts from the inside out? I absolutely do. And I really like that that's your motto. I love that. There's there's so much psychology, you know, that goes into the environments and, like, our surroundings and the adverse effects that it has on, like, our mental and physical well-being and then our souls. And, you know, we learned, like, so much about this in college and, um, and but mostly in commercial design, which I found so ironic because I'm like, but you go home and that's where you're at. And that's, you know, landing space. Like I could care less about what kind of lighting's at my office. Like I don't know what home affect me. And so, you know, I think by nature, certain people are, are more affected by their surroundings than others. Like I think some people really couldn't care less about what their house looked like, but others are very sensitive to it. And, um, I think, you know, you could vastly apply this to, well, the colors in your home affect you and, you know, in your home and having enough enough natural light 
how that has this crazy effect on our, you know, our well-being and our, our mentality. But also, on the other end of the spectrum, I think it's just, you know, it's like what you put into your house. And that yes. is the biggest, oh, it's, it's, it's the hardest thing we have to do, but it's also the biggest accomplishment. And, yes. you know, I think your house has to, it's got to tell a story. It's got to be in the end. And, you know, it's not this so easy to go to Restoration Hardware and buy every piece on the floor and put it in your house and be like, yeah. okay, it's pretty, it's done. Yeah. But it does nothing. It tells, you no, know, it's soulless, it's empty. And, you know, even as designers, like, it's so hard not to just specify a bunch of really beautiful things and be like, okay, I like it. Do you like it? I don't know. <laughs> that is the hardest part of the job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just really digging in and, you know, the hard part is, is that it, that stuff takes so much time is to like, you know, those things that fill your home that really get to the root of your soul are typically things that you've been passed down or your pieces that, you know, you've collected over traveling or have you've commissioned yourself or it's photographs of family or it's textiles that have a significance. It's, it's all these things that are collected so that you know, every time you walk around a space, you feel these feelings of, mm -hmm. or this narrative. It goes back to the narrative or a story. Mm -hmm. And that stuff just takes time, and it's hard, and it's a long process. And I, I just, this year especially, I've really been like, okay, we're not going to buy a bunch of just, like, accessories and shove in a house. Like, we're going to really dig for own pieces and, you know, things that have meaning. Because at the end of the day, that's where you live, and the story needs to be yours. Oh, I love that. Do you have, like, a spot to find these meaningful pieces? Well, I mean, she just said that it would be basically between her and her. Yeah, so finding, uh -huh. okay. yeah, finding pieces that are special to them. Okay. But no, things I, you even know they have. Like, most of the time, just walking around their house, oh, okay. like, it's been shoved in a closet. And you're like, mm -hmm. you know, if we put that on a stack of books, this looks way better. Or you don't even know they have that, you know, just need no, to I be reoriented. And sometimes those pieces turn out to be, like, the best ones because they have, like, I feel like they don't make elements the, the same way they used to make them. You know what I'm saying? They, yep. they just, they have a different feeling. Anything antique or vintage just has a different soul to it for sure. Yep, absolutely. Right. No, and, and honestly, I'm going to kind of touch on just even this home that we moved into. I told you about this home, Whitney, and I've kind of, I've shared it on Instagram a ton. Yep. Yeah, no, this home is, is, oh, gosh. It's been a process. I mean, when we moved in, you know, speaking about moods and, and how, you know, the home feels, mm -hmm. um, this home just had, because she had cancer, she had neglected it a ton for mm -hmm. that time. And even though she was diagnosed right before, I mean, she was diagnosed and then passed away three weeks later, she had the cancer for a while. So she was losing a ton of energy and just, it was just a lot of neglect. And when Adam and I came in and took it over, we really had to just kind of pick for one, we weren't in a good place. I mean, his baseball career was over and without going too much into the story, you know, when you lose a loved one, it's just not a good place. So it, sure. it's taken, it's been three years now and it's taken this long just to make it our own and just bring in and kind of create this fusion between our own pieces that mm -hmm. we had and hers and, and find our place here because it really is a process and I can only imagine just because you've worked with so many clients and I've, I really haven't worked with too many. So I can, I'm saying I can only imagine, 
Mm -hmm. on the other end is where you're just setting up this platform for them to create their story on, right? It's almost like a blank canvas, but it's so tough to do that because like you said, you are bringing all these beautiful pieces in, but at the end of the day, it's their story that needs to be told. It's the glue. Their story is the glue. Absolutely. And we kind of live in this microwave culture where everybody just wants things, they want it done like right now, like, okay, we're moving, we want everything on the walls, we want it to be done and perfect and I just it doesn't it doesn't work like that like you guys know and how how much how much accomplishment do you feel now that it's taken even three years and you guys will continue to chip away at that house and make it your own but you feel much more I don't know connected to it probably mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah absolutely my gosh yes oh gosh especially for Adam I know when he moved in he was like well <laughs> you know it's it's like kind of my home because we've taken it over but it's, yeah. I just don't feel like it is oh no it definitely has taken time and yeah for sure. Yeah. Well, it looks like you guys, it's, it's, it's you, you've gotten to the point where it's you for sure. And I didn't, I didn't say before, but it's you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. No, your, your compliments, I mean, have meant, I told Adam, I was like, she complimented our kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) It looked like I loved Iceswoon's kitchen and I saw what you guys did after I missed like your, like the kind of process. I think it was like the holidays and we were moving. So I was, I missed all those updates and then I saw the end and I was like, (gasps) (laughs) yeah no I got my hands dirty I actually did the plastering myself which was it was quite a process but I mean you know and it's so funny because this is another thing I mean we're totally steering in a different direction but this is kind of something I wanted to actually address is Mm. so this kitchen is an older uh, 70s maybe late 70s 70s update kitchen and uh got the whole house like that was what our plan I mean mean, eventually well we still are I mean but (laughs) But (laughs) no, we are. But but for now, we decided to go in a different direction with you know the money. We're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna put that towards our business and growing that. And right now, we just kind of wanted to, you know, I told Adam this. I said, look, right now, if you look at our kitchen now, because it was a hot mess, and you know, it was not very, um, it wasn't a very good environment for even us to cook in. Everything was really kind of just not good. So. I told him this. I said, if we can't unveil the beauty in this kitchen now, how are we going to, if we ever get a beautiful kitchen and just completely gut it and create this whole modern kitchen, how is that kitchen ever going to be enough? Right? Because then we're going to want more and more. I always say it's like, if we can find the beauty in this and Mm -hmm. unveil that, you know, those, those bare bones and say, okay, there's beauty in this. Then when we get that beautiful kitchen in the future, we'll have so much more appreciation for it. Yeah. Right? Because we're. She so, really did say this to me. I'm not gonna lie. This is this is not a written down <laughs> quote. She really did tell me this. Yeah, because he was in flux. Somewhere. He was like, <laughs> he was in flux. He's like, I want this vacation. I'm like, well, look, let's just let's just be patient and and really understand because I be I feel like we're so desensitized to beautiful spaces that we forget to just appreciate what we have now, and then that way we could appreciate what comes later. You know? Yeah. Then, yeah. And with everything in life, right? Everything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, absolutely. Bad relationships and you get a good one and you're like, oh, yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 So moving right along here, I heard about this two-year-old little girl um, and her her video, I guess, went viral on YouTube, but 
she was, and this is totally going aside from design, but I, I promise I will tie this all in. So this two-year-old little girl's video went viral when she was standing in front of a television and she was swiping left, thinking that all all screen swipe. And I told Adam, I was like, gosh, you know, here's this two-year-old little girl who has been conditioned in as little as two years to believe that all screens swipe. So I say, imagine us who, you know, for decades and decades have been conditioned by our society. We've been conditioned by social media. We've been conditioned by our parents. And I'm thinking, gosh, in all of these years, what's real, what's not, right? Mm -hmm. right? So I'm thinking, okay, so, so I heard this once. I says, our life's purpose is to learn, unlearn, and relearn. So I want to relate this whole idea to you, Whitney. I know that you came from a family who's deeply rooted in the whole architecture and design industry. So when you had to branch away from your father's uh, company, what was it that you felt you had to relearn? Or, you know, in other words, what was it that you had to do differently than what your folks had taught you in the whole design industry? Yeah, for real. Um, and that is such a great analogy with the swipe thing. That's awesome. I thought she was on Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so deep. Tinder, t Tinder for toddlers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Please excuse him. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, as you know, father owned an architecture firm my mom was a designer growing up so it really was a situation of you only know what you know right and like I just thought everyone's parents were self-employed and all kids lived on dusty construction sites or in show homes and so you know, I'll be forever grateful to them for what I learned because it was definitely far more than what I learned in design school and college but you know in starting a business I really had to embrace well, what was it that made us different and hone in on my strengths, but even more so what my weaknesses were and um, kind of hit them head on. So obviously the difference now, you know, versus when I was with my, my dad or, you know, early in, in my career is we have this thing called social media, which has been a huge game changer because we're a visual field and Instagram is a visual media. So a wild conduit um, for me, you know, to, to get received jobs and I've had to embrace that. But you know, now opposed to when I worked for my father's firm, you know, there were other people that were, you know, talking to the clients or he was more involved with the clients and, you know, had a lot more interaction with the contractors. And I was just kind of in the background or on the side. And now it's, it's just me and honing in on that customer service aspect and, you know, the design process, like that was a huge priority for me and is every day because, at the end of the day, it starts and ends with me. So good or bad, it's my name on that company. And so, you know, just deciding up front what my identity was and what my culture was that, dif you know, that differentiated from my parents was incredibly hard but necessary. So it's been a, it's been a process, yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely. And it's funny that you said that, that with about your father, like growing up on dusty job sites and yeah. my dad was obviously a, i don't know if Ashley's told you my dad was a general contractor so well, yeah, so is yeah, and he, years, yeah, yeah. He's been, he still is a uh, general contractor so my yeah. father built our home and i thought all dads could build homes <laughs> yeah you know and i'm like i was like oh wait i can't build i'm like that's, that's my dad does it all the time and it's easy you know <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> my dad built my whole house, you know. Like, yeah. but yeah. think about that. Even just with your father, how you've said, 
you know, because the plan for Adam is real estate and then contracting. Or actually, I'm getting my contractor's license. Which Are you really? I am. I am. Um, yeah, because, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff just even with my hands. But a lot of contracting is more managing than it is anything else. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and Adam, you know, he was going to get his. But we figured even with real estate, he has his and I don't have the license just because we yep. both practice under it anyway. And I've been doing it since I was 18. So I figured, you know what, just... Why, why do we both need it? So same thing with contracting. But, um, but with Adam, you saying my dad did things so differently. He never wanted to grow. So he never leveraged, yeah. you know, by hiring other people. And he just kind of had his, you know, his clients and, sure. and he said well for himself. But yeah. Adam's like, no, we've got to, I have to kind of take that and say, I don't want to do that because mm-hmm. I want to grow bigger. And this is what I have to do. So you kind of learn from your dad in, in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. Figure out what works and what doesn't work for you individually, because you're obviously two different people. And kind of where it came to a head is that we were we're a lot alike, but we just had two different visions for the company. And I think that's okay. And, you know, we and we're both happier because of that. And yeah, it's just a lot of looking inward for sure. No, for yeah. sure. It's like, take the good and leave the bad, I always say, right? With with yep. your family. It's like, you they have all the good that you learn from them. And then sometimes there's some stuff that you're like, oh, I can, pr- I can improve on that, right? And I think, yeah, that's our whole purpose is to evolve from that. So that's exactly right. Yep. yep. All right. Well, speaking of design, what are your thoughts on trends? You know, it's so funny. You asked, this is such an ironic time for you to ask this. So, so the beginning of last year, you know how like every year, the beginning of the year, like January, the first week, like all the blogs and all the, you know, social media mm-hmm. uh, accounts, yeah. like what's trending for 2018 or 2019 and what's like the kitchen trend or the fashion trends or color yeah. trends. And I was like the beginning of last year, like when I saw these, I got really irked and I was like, why, why is this word bothering me so much? And I think it was because uh, oh, there was quite a few images in my work that were like this, you know, like Scout Nimble, like what they're trending for um, 2019 or 2018 kitchens. And it was one of my kitchens. And I got kind of like offensive, offended. And I was, I had to really ask myself this past year. I'm like, what about this word bothers me? Like, why do I get triggered when I read this word? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just kind of had to, to figure it out because it was just one of those weird words that I just was like, I can't stand this word. And so... Yeah. The more I thought about it, it's one of those things where I think as Americans, we're so obsessed with it and our culture is so, just by nature, kind of discontent, you know, like we're never satisfied with what's happening right now and we don't relish in the beauty of something right now. It's like, what's next? What's coming down the pipe? I got to have that. I got to have what's Mm -hmm. next. That bothers me. Uh, I agree. So, you know, we went to Europe this, this summer and- it was really my goal while we were there to dig into why their culture doesn't do this. Like, what is it about them that, that they're just, they, they're fine and they're okay with and they relish beauty and they're not so concerned about, you know, these glamorous kitchens and then this and that. And so, you know, the truth I found is that, you know, I felt like the Europeans really designed for form and function and they're mm-hmm. far more utilitarian Mm-hmm. And they appreciate the beauty of, like, historical architecture mm-hmm. mixed seamlessly with the new, and they master it. And so it's this balance, and I honestly think that that's just what our culture is yearning for, is this, like, you know, you see this year's 
um, trends are European inspired spaces and, you know, the Duval kitchens and, oh, and it's, my heard. heart just skipped a beat there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're just, they're simple and they have this beautiful way of mixing old and new and they could care less about what's trending. I mean, yeah. you're always going to have it. You're always going to have like the colors that's, that's going to happen regardless. Right. But I think just the, the constant, like, Oh, I just renovated my bath and in two years, none of it's in anymore. And, so, you know, it's hard as a designer because you have to really hone in on, okay, what when I'm gone in two, three, five, 20 years, like, what is still going to be relevant about this? And mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. And that's that was my goal in going to Europe is like these places are hundreds of years old and they're still so cool. Why? Why are they still so amazing? And so that was really what I found. Is <laughs> just- I agree. Nate Burkus, he said, trends are designed to make you feel guilty Okay, so they're a marketing design to make you feel guilty when you don't buy something. So if something's coming out and you don't buy it, it's meant to make you feel guilty. Yeah. Yeah, so he says, always go with something that just promotes joy and love. And that right there will just transcend the test of time. Like it will always, always just be available to you in Mm -hmm. that way. So just because, I mean, I've bought things that I'm like, gosh, you know, and, and it's so tempting to fall into that whole temptation of trends. I mean, it is. And that actually will kind of tie into my next question here. But yes, I love that you said that in Europe, it seems like they appreciate art Mm -hmm. and they appreciate architecture in such a different way. I don't even have to repeat it because you just said it and you hit it on the nail or hit hit the head on the nail. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you ever feel the pressure to fit into a certain mold? And I'm talking about on social media because I know you know what I'm talking about, that clickiness with designers that are all doing the same thing. Yeah, and yeah. Told, you know what I'm saying? I've told that. I'm like, I feel that like pressure of just like, oh, and then if I don't do it, are they going to like it? Are they not? Do you ever feel that I, pressure yourself? You know, social media is such like, it's such a double-edged sword in that regard because it's, sure. it's an incredible source of inspiration. And, you know, when it's it's so much visual imagery that it kind of begins to rob you sometimes of your own genuine creativity, Mm, you know, because it's too much exposure. It's just, it's too much. And so, you know, you see what works for some people and that may not work for you. And and for some people it's not successful. And I think just figuring out, again, that kind of goes back to us, our, you know, we were saying earlier, just being kind of unapologetically you Mm -hmm. and, you know, what works for you is, is important in your brand. And, like I kind of had like a small identity crisis like mid last year about because I for this exact reason I felt like I'd seen so much visual imagery and all what these different designers were doing and I was like okay I'm losing my who am I like who I'm yes. sense of self and so you know I kind of went back to Pinterest it sounds so crazy but I went back <laughs> and thought what are things that I've pinned for years like they're the same pins I've been pinning for year after year like that's clearly what I'm drawn to and what is that like what does that look like and then printing them all out and or deleting all these other ones that were so trend-driven right. and what I feel like is very cliche or, you know, you've seen time after time. And, like, that was good for, that was good because I could get down to, okay, this is what I'm drawn to. This is my genuine, I go back to this image a hundred times and, you know, it just, that was good. Figure out what, what that is and, you know, it just, like I said, social media is hard. There's, I mean, obviously I wouldn't know you if it weren't for social media. I wouldn't know so many people that I, that I really am so fond of and that I love and I love following, but man, it's, it's rough. 
No, it is. No, and you you said it right. I mean, it is a double-edged sword, even just in general. I think just even in life, I feel like, I mean, this applies to design because I feel like there is such a community of designers. Yeah. And then it it applies just in general. I feel like, what was that saying that you said? Flocks of a bird. Oh, birds of a feather flock together. Yes. So... (laughs) We've been talking, we've been talking about this a lot, even just with like clients, like, um, you know, just with the market going up and down and, you know, whatever the media says, no, don't buy. Everybody does. Yeah. So it's the same with, with Instagram. I feel like even just in the whole design community, even when I post my good vibe Sunday, I, I always kind of feel this censorship with myself and I have to literally talk myself through it and say, no, just post it just do it just keep pushing especially in the beginning because I would get some designers say hey you know like oh I thought you were like a designer I thought you were this or I thought you know like what's with the podcast and I almost feel sometimes like I have to explain myself and you know what I'm saying and and I and I have and I think that there's a very fine line where you flirt with not explaining and then people don't get it but Mm -hmm. then having to do it for the wrong reason and, and explain yourself because you feel like you have to almost uh, censor yourself or apologize to others like, oh, well, sorry, I meant to be a designer, but this is why I'm doing this, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, who cares? (laughs) I know, and that's what I, yeah, yeah, no, we had a pastor on, our pastor is Nate Hughes, who, gosh, this man is, he is the biggest inspiration to us, but he was saying, he goes, Instagram is yours, because he uses Instagram a ton just to get, just to get his word across, and and just to really, he's very, he's very young, he's our age, I mean, he's he's my age, actually, right, 29, so he's very young and has a a whole new age way of, of preaching, but he uses Instagram, and he says, you know, this is your platform to mm-hmm. really speak up about the things that matter most to you and to use that for the better of everybody, right? So to be of service, to really deliver a message or whatever it is to deliver yourself because we are enough. Yes. You know? So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Having a voice without compromising your values or yeah. you know, what's important to you is so, so important because it, again, it's just all about being genuine and that's, that's, you you know if you're being genuine I just feel like you can I feel like you can sniff out when people are not being genuine yes really (laughs) (laughs) no it's true like brands like they they like nothing against people who partner with brands because I totally get it's there's monetary situation going there I get it but sometimes like there's partnerships I'm like "Mm, that feels not very genuine to me (laughs) right and the worst part is people buy this stuff I mean it's crazy Oh, I know. Our culture. <laughs> Very anti-American. Like, like, two weeks in Europe, I'm like, that's it. I'm moving. Yeah, exactly. I know. My my father was born in Italy, and he's like, this culture, I just don't understand it. And I'm like, you know what, Dad? It is what it is. <laughs> As a masses, we can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. No, it's true. But, you know, another thing is... um. I always tell Adam is that almost, I feel like when we go into Instagram, I go into a new world, like a different world. And this world has a timeline, right? Because before I'm like, okay, we're working towards our life. Now I'm like, oh, we need to hurry. We need to hurry. We need to get this going because I got to post it on Instagram. It's like, but wait, whose time am I on? This is my life. This is Adam's life. This is our actual business. This is our, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like I, these are conversations I've had with myself. Like, what are you doing? Whose time are you on? Why are you worried about what they think or what you know? It's just like I know. 
Uh, a wild thing. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. It is. It definitely is. All right. So what is your relationship? Because I'm going to take this along and say, what is your relationship with failure? Just how do you overcome those everyday challenges that actually come with your business? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that's such a loaded question. (laughs) Well, first, I think, you know, I think it just takes time. You know, when you have a business, I, I have a much different relationship with failure now than I than I did in the beginning and when I was young in this field like early 20s right out of college I felt like when I made mistakes I would make excuses or I'd place blame or I'd point fingers like I'm just gonna be really honest and transparent and it was it was that I didn't own it um and then there was you know the early that was kind of the early 20 something in me that was just so naive and not realizing that with like every one of those mistakes I learned so much, like subconsciously, you know, your brain packs away this information and those scenarios. And then when you conquer them, you learn from them, your mistakes like later in your career. And so I look back and I'm like, I'm so grateful for all those mistakes because, you know, I had clients who gave me a lot of grace and it allowed me to kind of navigate through the process and the design process. So, you know, there's, this feels all about kind of covering your butt. I mean, it really is. It's a lot of liability, like making sure you over-communicate and you've documented mm-hmm. all the subs and you've got all the information to the vendors and that you've installed things correctly, ordered things correctly. You know, it's so much butt covering that yeah. you're, you're going to make mistakes. And, you know, I still make mistakes, but I welcome them. And that's the difference is that I just give myself grace because I'm a human and I just found with, it's like kind of going back to social media, like if you're transparent and you own it, then people actually respect that. And that's mm-hmm. what I didn't understand in my 20s. I just felt like I couldn't make a mistake. I was letting people down. I was unconfident and unsure. And now it's like, you know what? I'm confident. I'm doing this, but I'm still a human. I make mistakes. And, you know, people, it diffuses the situations when you're honest. In all honesty, it like, Anytime you're just transparent about what you've done wrong or something might have slipped through the cracks, people are more than more often than not, people are cool about it. And they're just like, that's all right. Like, no big deal. Figured out. Right. Because you're just cutting right through it. You're cutting right through the BS. You're just going to eight mile it. Put it all out there. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. You know, it's funny. It took me, it took me losing my mother to actually figure that out and, you know, yeah. and I can't even say it's pretty sad because it really isn't. I, I mean, gosh, in your 20s, especially my early 20s, tons of mistakes, Adam, tons of mistakes. I mean, we basically, Couple. yeah, yeah, right. We've grown <laughs> up together. We've, we've really made mistakes and have grown up together, but it really took us hitting rock bottom. And I talked about this before on the, on the podcast that even just hitting a crisis. So whether you say like, okay, I made a mistake. It's almost like, well, that, that's rock bottom right there. It's like, you. it yeah. takes that to grow from, right? So you grow where you're planted. So it takes kind of reaching those mistakes to learn how to bounce back from them faster. And like you said, keeping that transparency is so crucial. I think even just in any service business. Yeah, especially any, yeah. in any service business, especially yeah. you have to be extremely transparent. Absolutely. So another thing that I wanted to ask you about is, and, you know, it's just so funny because I think that you said with social media being a double-edged sword, we also do amplify, right? So this entrepreneurial life, everybody, we show such a side to it that seems like, oh, well, it's, you know, everybody kind of just wants to jump on the wagon and, you yeah. know, become entrepreneurs. But what I really would want to highlight is how difficult is that? Because, 
you know what I'm saying? It's like people think like, oh, I just want to become a designer. I just want to become an entrepreneur. But then they don't realize. Hashtag designer, hashtag entrepreneur. Right. But they don't realize <laughs> that, you know, I always say it's like, look at the, look at the process and then decide because not everybody was, you know what I'm saying? It's like what people just see the top of it. They don't see the entire process that it took to get there. They yeah. don't see the mistakes and all of that. So no. what can you tell like inspiring designers who are just basically starting off and wanting to kind of get into the design world, but don't really have an idea of how hard it really is. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in any of those situations, your passion has to carry you through that because there's some days where, I mean, I mean, I, I love what I do. There's nothing else on this planet I'd want to do. And that's an honest answer, but there's some days that my passion has to carry me through some hard days um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a service industry. So you're dealing with people, you're dealing with all sorts of personalities. So, you know, I think, but if you're just trying to start your portfolio out, like let's just start from the beginning, I think mm-hmm. taking on, uh, friends or family and, you know, your parents' house or your uncle or your fourth cousin once removed, like take any project you can. And I think it's important to, to, you know, not, not sift through things, just anything thrown at you, take it. And then, you know, when you're done, I think it's important to take really good photos. And then we live in this amazing age of social media where, you know, if you're starting out getting those photos, you have free marketing. I mean, social media costs nothing. And, you know, 75% of my work comes from social media right now, which is insane. Incredible. That's crazy. And, you know, your work's right out there for everybody to see. You can get inexpensive websites now. But I think aside from that, you know, some people, there's this debate on do you go to design school? Do you not go to design school? And I think if if you don't, I think just, like I said, your passion has to be an overdrive because it's it's a tough field. I mean, I think getting to getting to know local vendors and contractors and realtors and, you know, people who are going to be the first ones kind of boots on the ground to, you know, mm-hmm. to refer you is so important. But I just, I kind of think we live in this age where, I don't know, it's hard to gauge. I call it fake hustle. Where, like, people want to, like, they're really hustling. Yes. Are you? Because, I don't know, I mean, just, I think there's just so many stories where, behind successful people, where you're just, like, you're just doing so much nitty-gritty work. I mean. Yes. Yes. Like, knocking on people's doors, handing cards to people that probably aren't even going to do anything for you, but you still hand them a card. (laughs) Taking ridiculous projects, regardless of where it's going to take you but just take everything you know and it's just and I think too the bad thing about social media I'm so glad we didn't have social media when I was young in this because I think you just get caught up in that comparison game and everyone's timelines are so different and that you know everybody wants to be at the top of their game or you know in you know all their work in magazines and it's like you're not there yet and that's okay and it takes Mm -hmm. all that time to get there to to make it great and you appreciate it because you know you were in the trenches and you know, doing crappy jobs like five years ago or six years ago or what have you. So I just think, you know, kind of putting the horse blinders on is what I always say. Like, just stay in your lane and just have an end goal and just stay passionate. As long as you're passionate, like, you're going to do, you're going to do great things. But just, I don't know if enough people are passionate. I think it sound this field sounds good. Yes, that's my whole purpose of this question. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, comparing your beginning to someone else's middle is so 
Yeah, it's detrimental. And it's so easy to do when you're being you're so desensitized to like you have your Amber and Terry's you have Emily Henderson, and they have all been in this business for quite a bit of time. If not, they've gotten lucky with, you know, social right. media and coming in at the right time. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's not going to happen for most of us. No. <laughs> so, yeah, be real. Okay. Yeah, you just no. have to be okay with that. That's, yeah. yeah so no. say, most of us are doing what you're saying. We're handing out our cards at the at people's doorsteps and doing the dirty work like that. And a lot of people do not want to do that type of work. Right. No. And, and that's the biggest thing that I say. It's like, if you want to be a designer, you want to be a real estate agent, you want to, you know, it all, in theory, it sounds amazing and it looks amazing, you know, when it's just based off of one photo or a post or whatever it is. Right. But in reality, the work that goes, really that goes into it, I mean, Adam and I have, gosh, we've taken our little, we've had like, no one to watch the little guy, bring the little guy with us, let's go all yeah. hand out flyers, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, rejection, um, you know, clients, like you messing something up of theirs, you know, when you're first starting and they hate it and you're just like, there's so much that goes into it that yeah. like you said, passion, a true genuine passion is yeah. really what's going to carry you through for yeah. sure. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I know. We need to like start showing people more on social media what those bad days, like today I just had like a crazy day of just like nothing went right and I'm like I need to show this but then I'm like I do the thing you do I'm like uh should I I don't know yeah. <laughs> I don't know you so, know what I realized doing it on your stories is so much I think it's so much better because then it goes away and then it's not just lingering on your on your feed like oh shit a crappy true. day yeah 24 <laughs> you know, hours ago about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's true yeah. October 5th was a bad day for Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, but then there's the other end. I remember, and I and it's actually one of our oh, we friends. we post those ones. <laughs> no. No, but we had a friend, Um, gosh, I can't remember which one of our friends, Whitney, it was, where she got a, a person on Instagram say, hey, why don't you show the messy side of things? All you guys do is show, you know, you, these beautiful put-together homes, but they're not realistic. Yeah. So then I'm like, but then again, that's not her job. You know, her job is to create beautiful spaces, promote yep. them through her website, you know, I mean, through her website, through her website, and through social media. And and yep. it's, it's, a, it's an, in, that was a pure insecurity. Pure insecurity, yeah. right? So then I'm like, well, it's not our job to address your insecurities of having a messy home. You know what I mean? It's so true. Yes, that's so true. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I've seen these same things. I, I you know, it's hard, too, because you have potential clients out there, too, who are watching or people who, you know, if, when you do show these messy or, like, days, like, that just do go awry, then you're like, well, are they going to see that and think, oh, she's, you know, not capable or, you know, there's just huge, there's so many people out there watching. It's like, I don't know who people are. Are they, are they designers? Are they potential clients? Are they just stay-at-home moms bored? Like, I don't know. I know. <laughs> It's hard. I think at the end of the day, like, do you? I think so too. I'll, I think st just I'll stick with the perfect. Everything's great. It's like that that picture with the little like uh, that dog that sits in a room with everything. Everything's on fire and goes. Everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. Everything's burning around <laughs> me, but it's good. No, um, you know, we had a client one time and she, what we never met her before. It was a real estate client though. And she was a buyer, first time home buyer floor. If you're listening, mm, we love you. No, but she came up to us and she was like, Hey guys, we met her through Instagram. 
And she was like, walks up, gives us a hug. And she's like, hi. And we're like, hi. And she's like, I feel like I know you guys already. I'm like, you do. And we feel like, you know, you know you too. Because, you know, it's just like when you show that real side of you through Instagram, especially I feel like through stories, that's where we kind of gotten away with it the most. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that even just on a business level, just to address, you said like, oh, if, you know, you show that side, will they think I'm incapable of providing good service? I think, I think not. I think that maybe they kind of feel like, well, she's a human being and that real day. Yeah. Look at her, look at her work. It's beautiful, you know? So Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that honesty, right? That honesty has to translate sure. this field especially. So, yep. All right. Well, I want to bring it back to your, your sweet family. What has your daughter, Ren, your sweet little girl, Ren, which, by the way, her name, oh, my gosh, the W with Ren. Like, I told Adam, I was like, the first time I saw that name, I was like, that is one of the most beautiful names ever. <laughs> Such you. a beautiful name. You know, we found that name. I saw her name on a bar in New York City, and it was like the cute. If you ever get a chance to look up the Ren New York, it is uh, bar. It's the cutest like bar. It's like a bar slash coffee shop. I don't know. We weren't. We had just gotten married. We were only been married a year, and I had obviously wasn't pregnant. But I was like, take a picture, stuff it away. I love that name, and so yeah, she was named after a bar. In New York. <laughs> And that's so crazy that you, it was only a year in and you already were choosing names. I love that. We we did the same thing. We're in the Dominican Republic. We're choosing all our baby names. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like five years. We're in in our hotel room. We started naming names. Like that one's a good one. Let's keep it. Write it down. (laughs) (laughs) And they haven't changed. Uh, the girl names changed. The boy, the boy names, uh, it's a president name. (laughs) It's a president name. Adam's like, that's a sharp name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what so what has Ren what has she taught you about just yourself and just just life what has she taught you the most yeah uh what hasn't she taught me <laughs> oh my well I don't know you know what's crazy is like the night I had her like I couldn't sleep because you know you just feel like you've been through warfare and I was laying in the hospital bed and I think they just took her to get like her hearing test or whatever and I just remember laying there thinking I had this like immense amount of weight on my shoulders because I felt this responsibility to teach her all the things, you know, and to, Mm -hmm. I've got to mold her, I've got to like, but, you know, I've learned that they are who they are and you're really just there to guide them and support and teach them. But in many ways, like she just is who she is and she teaches me more because, you know, I'm a very impatient person and she's just kind of taught me to slow down, prioritize life, like, be still and you know I work from home like every day of the week and only one day do I get care for her and it's it is the hardest thing I've ever done because you know I think all moms and dads are you know can relate to that nagging feeling of guilt when you know you're but you also have this yearning for your passion so it's like this work-life balance myth is just Mm -hmm. it's incredibly hard but yeah. You know, she teaches me to give myself grace because at the end of the day, she still loves me. She still needs me to keep her alive. Like, I'm still, <laughs> <laughs> like, so, in the day, I mean, for now, she's, you know, I she, love that. my work days, so she's who I want to be with. So, Aww. yeah. I love that answer. That is so <laughs> true. They're like walking, like, it's almost like your heart is just walking around oh. on the planet. And you're like, when you're away from them, especially when they're so small. <sighs> 
Yeah. When they're little, it's just so tough to get away. So, and you know, and I love that you said a myth of balancing that life because it really is a myth. I hate when people are like, let's find the balance. I'm like, well, oh. there is finding the balance of giving yourself that time, that love that you deserve as a mom. But at the same time, let's just be real. It's a tough one. It, it, it's, it's it's tough, tough and it's different every time. It's always varying. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just, let's just put it out there. It's completely impossible. Like, they don't even know. Like, that's the thing is that I have to tell myself, I'm like, she has no idea. Because like, my parents were starting a business when I was little. And, like, we would play on sand dunes on, like, you know, like, where they were digging foundations. Like, we would play in the sand, like, while my parents were on site. And I'm like, we didn't know any different. Like, we didn't know that internally they were really, like struggling and feeling guilty because they were in a meeting and we're sitting outside like in a sand pit and like, <laughs> I, I was, there's yeah. pictures of me running through footings. I'm like thinking yeah. of like little like ar- army and like, I'm like army and I'm like running through the footings. Well, that's what we always say about our little guy, Arian, cause he's been through the ringer. I mean, he was through baseball. Yeah. I mean, he's been through it all and you know, he knows no different. Yeah. And we did our best just to always keep those poker faces yeah. and act yeah. like, but you know, it's funny you say that Brandy Malloy, we had her on and she actually brought up a point and I said, that is brilliant. She said, you know, our little ones, you know, watch what you say around them because they don't care that you don't have your makeup done today. They don't care how clean the house is. They don't, all they need is you. Yep. That's it. That's it. And I feel like as moms, we forget that, right? I feel yep. like we forget that. I feel like we always want to just you know, kind of give them the be- their best life and giving them their best life is like you said, just allowing them to be and us just learning from them. Because in reality, these little ones, I mean, they come straight from heaven. They are yeah. the ones that have the answers. And I told this to Brandon, like over time, we begin to pile on the crap and yeah. our whole job and purpose, I feel is to begin to take that away. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. they're, so pure and yeah, yeah it's a it's wild it's a wild experience this whole thing <laughs> it is are you guys planning on having any more yes I want like three or four I know that sounds yeah. easy but I think when you come like you have three sisters so I think when you come from a larger family I don't know it's just this like you know that partnership and that bond you have and I'd like you want that for them and so yeah I'm just Absolutely. not getting any younger over here, so. <laughs> <laughs> Same. That's what I, everybody's like, when are you guys, because we have Aaron, he's already 11. Yeah. We've waited quite a bit of time, but yeah, everybody's like, when are you guys going to have your babies? And then there comes that pressure, and I'm like, wait, wait, oh. my time. <laughs> well, yeah. Hold on. But um, definitely, no, I, you say three, we want to have another, what, another two, if maybe three. Hmm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so. I always say this, and this is so super funny because people are like, wait, what do you mean? But I think, and I have this crazy thought that our kids are going to listen back to this one day. I don't know. I mean, it, the internet's around forever. So if your little sweet girl was to ever listen back to this, what would you want her to carry around with her always? Like, what would you just want her to always have with her? Yeah, that made me really choke up because I didn't, I never thought of it in like that perspective that she would ever listen or yeah, think back or look, you know, listen to this in the future. Um, I think honestly, at the end of the day, I think it would just, I just want her to know that whatever she's passionate about, that I just want her to do it with everything she has, you know, without compromising who she is or her values at all costs, just whatever she's passionate about. And I just, and I say that because I feel like I meet so many young people. I 
do a lot of speaking engagements, you know, at different places with younger people, you know, just trying to figure out what they want to do and Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial courses. And I just don't think there's a lot of people who are really passionate or that they're not really sure what that passion is. And I don't ever think it's, it's, you know, it's driven in the right way. And so then you get all these kids or people who grow up to be adults who are in their mid thirties who are like, what am I doing? How did I get here? And this is not what I pictured. And I, I just don't ever want that for her because both her parents found their passion and, and we love what we do so much. And we are so grateful for the God given talents that we're able to do this with, but that's all I'd want for all of them is to just be incredibly passionate, use their gifts, to the glory of God and to just, yeah, live their best life for sure. I love that. And not be afraid, right? Just go for it. Go for it. Yes. Don't be afraid. Yep. I think that so many people don't find their passion because they're so afraid of it. They're they want, scared. They're they- scared. They want to be comfortable. And, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, being comfortable, it's a really, it's a very steady, um, gosh, I keep always bringing these analogies, but they mean so much. I mean, just even the Bible, it's all parables, but so I heard, uh, Tom Bileu, he's a uh, Tom Bileu, <laughs> Tom Bileu. He said, no, it was Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty. This is, uh, he's a, he was a monk for a second. Um, for a second he, for four years. Well, that's a second. <laughs> it's not his entire life. So anyway, so, but he brought up this amazing analogy where he says our lives are, you know, when someone passes away, it's a flat line, you know, just complete flat line. And he says, but that's not what we're meant to do when we're alive. Our lives go right so up and down up and down and embracing that up and down accepting it and not resisting it that is where we find ourselves that's true living otherwise if you're you know just kind of conforming to being comfortable and living this steady steady life and having no wonder no mystery you're dead yes that that's so good and so true and i think in those those low moments those those low parts of those you know the ups and the downs i mean that's where you truly really figure stuff out and then those highs you know it's just the highs are so good because you've been in the lows and yeah that's what it's all about that's right yeah that's amazing really wouldn't good. you even <laughs> say this is true no because adam i get so crazy about this stuff i get so excited but it's true because we we're relating this to our marriage even just mm-hmm. nate hughes this is all tying in nate hughes the pastor of the grove in arizona he said he said um he goes, when you take the mystery away from anything, including God, he says, the reason we don't know about God mm-hmm. is because once you take that mystery, if we were to know everything about him, it, it's that relationship dies. Yeah. So I was like, wait, that's the same with even our marriage. If I was to know everything about Adam or let's say in a, a career, right? So if I was to know exactly how my life was to be, right? So clock yep. in every day, everything's the same, nothing changes that passion dies and yeah. and for your little girl you're wishing her to always keep that mystery alive to really go full force straight ahead into her dreams my gosh that yeah. is so beautiful so good Love so that. good all right whitney so we asked this question to everyone that we've ever had on and that question is what do you know for sure what do i know for sure is yeah. It stumps everybody, so don't be intimidated. It's but we always end up getting we always end up getting the best answer through this question. I mean the only the only thing I can think is that the only thing I'm somewhat sure about is that is is God and that God is 
he does all things for the good, and that's all I know is for sure. I mean, humans, humans are always going to fault us, and you know we're we're here temporarily, but he's he's eternal, and I just it's the only thing that I'm actually sure about. So incredible. That's good. So incredible. The good answer. <laughs> <laughs> so last one. Where could everybody find you? On Instagram, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Duh. It's not like we've not been talking about it. <laughs> oh, Whitney. <laughs> Whitney, oh my gosh. We are so humbled, so honored. Just you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Good, yeah, good mix in my day. Yeah, thank you so much for Whitney for coming on. We, we yeah. really appreciate it. Absolutely. No problem, guys. Thank you for tuning in, Good Vibers. And be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Sunday by downloading the podcast app found at the App Store. Catch you all next week. Have a happy, happy Sunday.